Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 20 of season two of the Final Whistle podcast. My name is sports editor Don Walden. Not here with me this week is uh, sports writer Trevin Pixley, who had a uh, had a little bit of an issue on Thursday as he was trying to go to the University of Idaho uh, men's basketball game. But uh, hopefully he will be on the men and we'll be back very soon. This week's broadcast is brought to you by Inland360 and Inland360.com. You can find a complete calendar of events and a wide array of compelling coverage of the region's arts and entertainment scene at Inland360.com. It's where you go for what you do. Inland360.com. And we have plenty of material to go over this week uh, in area high school boys basketball as well as girls basketball and the college basketball scene. But first, let's kind of get going with uh, the Lapway boys basketball team. And, man, they uh, they continue to uh, pretty much uh, rule the roost as far as North Idaho, North Central Idaho basketball goes. Holy crap. They, uh, they had a full week this week. They played three games, uh, Wednesday, Thursday, and Saturday. Wednesday, they played against uh, the uh, fourth-ranked team in the uh, – in the coaches' poll, uh, Lakeside of uh, Plummer, and pretty much uh, did the job there, eighty nine to seventy six. Then they came back in uh, league play on on the next night, Thursday, and beat Logos eighty one to thirty six. And then Troy on Saturday in a matchup of two unbeaten teams in the in the White Pine League Division One, uh, they beat Troy ninety four to nineteen. Uh, the, you know, like I said, the game against Lakeside was a matchup of uh, two top four teams in the coaches' poll, and they probably both will be in the uh, top five when the uh, state media poll gets released uh, later on this week. I believe that comes on Thursday, so uh, looking forward to seeing that. But, you know, Case, why not? I mean, what, what else can you say about the guy? The guy just continues to do uh, Case, why not things. So against Lakeside... You know, he had 25 points, 13 rebounds, and 11 assists. And then comes back the next night not feeling any kind of effects of being tired at all. And just puts up 37 points and 21 rebounds. Just absolutely torched the Knights of Moscow. And then barely having 48 hours off. Comes back on Saturday and puts up 34 points and 12 rebounds. Holy cow. If you, if you guys don't think this kid is for real, let me tell you something. There's a reason why he's getting Division I scholarships and Division I looks right now. Because he is just off the charts. And then you add, add to that his sidekick, Terrell Eldwood Jones. who He actually led the way with 35 points against Lakeside on, thir- on uh, Wednesday night. Then comes back against Logos and has 17 points and 7 assists. <clears throat> and then against Troy on Saturday, he had 23 points. So let's just say, you know, Lapway right now is on a roll. I mean, but I guess I don't have to really tell you guys that. I mean, since the 2020, you know, they, they have not lost since they lost to Genesee in the 2020-21 season. So, you know, right now they're, they're at the top of the White Pine League, 5-0, and pretty much head and shoulders above everybody else. But, you know, they're going to have a really tough test come uh, Tuesday. You know, they got to go to, uh, they got to go to Kamei at 730. 
and, and that's going to be that's going to be a really really tough test. It's going to be a battle uh, between the uh, two teams who uh, made the uh, Class One A Division One State Championship game last year, in which Lapway won pretty pretty convincingly. Uh, not so sure that the, this is gonna, that's going to be the case this time. You know, they uh, Cubs are coming off a really big win on Saturday. You know, they beat uh, they beat Potlatch on the road, forty-seven to forty-one. It was their third consecutive game that's went to overtime. You know, since you know since uh, December the thirtieth. Now, David Clute was huge in that game. You know, the the quarterback that I like to call game manager. He, you know, the sophomore forward just went off. He had 23 points, including a three-pointer at the end of regulation that um, our friend Stephen, uh, Stephen Weeby tweeted out. And it was really huge. It was a really nice step back for him. And then, you know, he got, he got the first points at the, uh, in, in the uh, overtime period. It gave them a 42-39 to 39 lead with about a minute left to go in the game. And then Kamei, you know, from there they hit their free throws. So Kamei enters this game ten and two. They've had they've had experience playing in these tough games. You know, like I said, they had played the last three games that they've played. They've all went to overtime. They beat Soda Springs forty one to thirty nine on December the thirtieth at the Truck Stop Tournament in New Plymouth. That was their last game there. They wound up going two and one in that tournament. They played a veil. They played Vail of Oregon. And I believe they played Nisa of Oregon there, you know, before they, you know, came back, played an Idaho team, played really well in that one. Um, then, you know, uh, coming into the new year, they played at Orofino. And Orofino has been really surprising. They're undefeated, I want to say, through seven games. You know, Orofino kind of took it to them, you know, 61-51. to 51. I want to say that was on Thursday, you know, so... They're they're playing really well right now, you know. Despite the loss that they had against Orofino, um, the previous loss hadn't been since you know um, November. Since since the well, I should say no. I'm I'm wrong on that. That's the girls' team. I'm getting ahead of myself here, so I apologize. Um, <clears throat> so Kamei is you know really you know they're really deep. They've got Everett Skinner, Rayhan Koo. Caden DeGroote, they all played pivotal roles in that game on Saturday. And, and really right now, you know, you take a look at the White Pine League in general, it's, it is extremely top-heavy. You know, besides Kamei and Lapway, you know, Potlatch is 6-1 six and, and overall with the loss uh, on Saturday, and they're 3-1 and one in the league. The Trojans, after their loss on Saturday to Lapway, they're 5-1 and one overall and 4-1 and one in the league. And in fact, you know the top the, the top four teams are combined thirty one and four. That is really really impressive. You know, it's kind of like I, I kind of like to look at it as, you know, this could wind up to be kind of like what the old Big Ten, you know, my high roots and all that, kind of what the uh, old Big Ten used to be like. You know, where they beat each other up, and you know, no blood, no foul, and you know, we'll just kind of, kind of see where it goes from there. You know, the uh, for, like I said, the first state media toll, poll is going to be released on Thursday. At least two of those teams should be in it. You know, probably Lapway and Kamei, and then there's a possibility of a third team. And if I were to take a guess as to who the third team is going to be, 
It's going to be Potlatch, I think. You know, Potlatch has played really well. They've got, you know, they've got really good players on that team. You know, let's see here. Um, I want to go back to uh, that game on uh, Saturday. You know, Jack Clark had a really big, uh, you know, he's played really well for him so far. Um, you know, Everett Lovell had 16 points. Clark had 11. Jackson Bowles scored 8. They're, they seem to be a really balanced group, you know, uh, group of kids. And it's really, really good to see how far they've come, you know, in the past two years. You know, two years ago, during that 2021 season, um, they, they had lost everybody from when they played in the 2020 uh, championship game. In that 2021 season, if I'm not mistaken, I don't believe Potlatch won a single game. You know, and so they started building, you know, basically rebuilding from the ground up. And it's really nice to see where Potlatch is back, where Potlatch is at right now. Um, you know, so I believe, you know, there's a good chance when that when that media poll comes out on Thursday, you're going to see two, if not three teams from the White Pine League in that top five. And really, it sets up to be a great run for the rest of the season. You know, the district tournament, kind of amazing. The district tournament is not that far away. We're about, I'd say, oh, 31, 23. You know, we're about 38, 40, 45 days away from district tournament play. And if if this league plays out the way that it's played out so far, you're going to have... I mean, you're looking at Lapway, who's going to probably, you know, win all the way, you know, win out, probably win the district tournament. I mean, you never know. You don't want to count your chickens before they're hatched. You know, they play the games on the court and not on paper, or you don't read about it. I mean, you read about it in the paper, but they don't play them on paper. So, you know, I mean, there's two, three, two, three other teams have a chance to, uh, get to the state tournament out of this league. I think it's going to be a really fun, fun district tournament to watch. Also this week, Pullman, uh, who was, uh, I want to say, ranked third in the uh, state poll. I think they had dropped from being number one, even though they hadn't lost. They dropped to number three. Uh, they only played once this week, but they got a huge 72-43 to win against Colville. And it's the same suspects as usual, you know, leading the way. Jaden Brown had 21. Uh, Champ Pawaki had uh, 16, you know, and, and, you know, they're 8-0 heading into league play. And and right now, I kind of feel like they're head and shoulders above the rest in anybody in that league. You know, um, Clarkston's still got to find their way a little bit, you know. I, I feel like they have a tendency to... You know, look around and watch uh, Xavier Santana. At, you know, and he's a dynamic player. Don't don't get me wrong at all. He is probably one of the best players in our league, in our area. But you know, you've got to get two and three and four guys who can consistently score anywhere between eight and twelve points. You know, they have got you. You know, Carter Steinwan has been really good for him. You know, at at times this year, uh, they just need they need some more guys to step up. And they need to be, I feel like they need to be a little bit more focused, you know. And I know Justin Jones will have that those kids kind of rounded into shape, you know, as we head toward, excuse me, the middle of January. Um, 
in, in February when the district tournament comes around. But um, Pullman gets started this week with uh, Class 2A Greater Spokane League play. Uh, home games Tuesday against East Valley, and then Friday against Shadow Park. So, you know, Pullman, I'd say by the end of the week, Pullman will probably be in double digits with wins. They'll probably be 10-0 heading into next week, and, you know, we'll kind of go from there. Uh, Lewiston's basketball team actually bounced back really nice from its third-place finish at the Avista Tournament, uh, slowing down a, you know, a two-win post-balls team, uh, 31-18 on Friday. Uh, defense was really the key in this one. Lewiston only allowed three points in the first half. You know, that's, I, I don't care who you are. You know, you allow three points to a Class 5A team, even though, I mean, you're a Class 5A team and you're playing a Class 5A team. You know, you allow three points to said Class 5A team. You're doing a really good job, I think, on defense. And I think Brooks Mom has got them coming, you know, starting starting to round round themselves in the form. You know, they're eight and two overall. Um, they've got two big games coming up this week in particular. One uh, it's going to be tomorrow night at eight p.m. Uh, at uh, Idaho Central Credit Union Arena on the campus of the uh, University of Idaho, where they'll play uh, <clears throat> they'll play regional rival Moscow, and then they get. They get post balls once again to complete the season series at home this time at 7 p.m. on Thursday. And it'll be really interesting to see, you know, I mean, they haven't played the Coeur d'Alene's yet. They haven't played the Lake Cities yet. You know, <clears throat> it'll be really interesting to see what the uh, what the media guys kind of say about where Lewis is at right now. Not quite sure that they will get a top five ranking just because, you know, like I said, Lake City, you know, they've got Blake Buchanan. They got three and four guys around him that that are really good. And then, you know, you got the teams in the South who, you know, typically, you know, the Southern Idaho Conference, they have really good teams down there. So I'm not quite sure that um, Liston will get ranked right now. But, you know, if they continue on this trajectory, you know, they've got a really good shot, you know, maybe the middle of the month, maybe toward the end of the month if they continue playing on the upward trajectory, they have a really good shot, I feel like, to possibly crack the top five in the state poll. I mean, but you never know. We'll see. And, you know, I kind of liken this this team to kind of like <laughs> the uh, football team where they've got the ability to be, be, be dynamic, but, you know, they've got, they've got some really tough opposition coming up, you know, like I said, with Lake City, Coeur d'Alene, you know, teams of that nature. So we'll see where they end up. And before I transfer into uh, girls basketball action, just want to remind you that this week's uh, podcast is brought to you by Inland360 and Inland360.com. You can find a complete calendar of regional events and a wide array of compelling coverage of the arts and inter- entertainment scene in the area at Inland360.com. You know, it's where you go for what you do, or maybe it's where Kendra Keene goes for what she does. Inland360.com. And now, like I said, we're going to go into girls basketball a little bit. Probably won't stay sick a whole long time with this, but, you know, there are some really key pivotal games coming up this week. Gary will play a doubleheader at Kendrick on Thursday uh, at 6.30 and 8 p.m. The girls start at 6.30. 
The boys are at eight. First place is on the line in the White Pine League Division Two for both both games. The Mustangs, the Mustangs girls team have not lost so far in eight games, and they're allowing a state classification low of twenty two point six points per game. The average, their average margin of victory is a whopping twenty five points. This is this is a team that's kind of went under the radar a little bit, but they're led by the Wood Sisters. You know, Trinity and Araya and Candy Kirk pitches in. You know, they've got they've got a really good talented team. Um, not sure. You know, they I believe they went to the state last year. Um, you know, this didn't really expect them to be undefeated so far. But again, you know, they've had a good nucleus around for the last couple of years, and they're going to give they're going to give Kendrick some problems. <coughs> Speaking of. You know they're not. Kendrick is nine and three and in, in overall and three and zero oh in the league, and you know they were they were on a really good trajectory. Um, had a twenty six to fifteen uh, lead against Prairie on Thursday night in a non league game at home, and they wound up losing that game fifty one to fifty. Really nice win for Prairie. You know Prairie's eight and four so far. You know they're playing. They play a one AD one White Pine League. You know. They're kind of behind um, Lapway and Cameo right now in, in in that league for supremacy, but you know Prairie's got really good players and you know Tara Schlater, um, and you got a couple of others that just I'm can't remember right off the top of my head, but you know Kendrick heads into this game on Thursday night with uh, the 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 Stewart sisters Ruby and Rose kind of pacing them, you know Hailey Heimgardner. You know they they've got really they've got plenty of good players around them. This ought to be a really fun game. I'm really looking forward to see who comes out on top on this one, just because I, I they obviously are going to have the inside track to the league title, but you know the possibility is there for Derry and Kendrick to play four times this year. You know depending on where they each get placed at, you know for the state tournament. I kind of think that you know right now Derry. Again, kind of riding that wave of being undefeated so far. I think they might have the edge, but again, it is at Kendrick. And Kendrick's team is, you know, they, they play really well at home. And they're, they're just, I, I, that's why they play the games on the court. They don't play it on paper. That's just kind of my philosophy behind things. Um, one other game you want to look out for this week in particular is going to be Lapway and Kamei. The, the, those two teams are going to meet. At 7.30 p.m. Thursday at Lapway. Uh, the teams have already played once this year. Um, Lapway won at home. Uh, I'm sorry, Lapway won at Kamei on November the 29th, 53-29. That's the last time they lost. Kamei is on an eight-game winning streak right now. They're 9-2 overall, 7-1 in the league. Um, Lapway undefeated so far in the White Pine League, 11-1 overall. They sport the best record in the classification in the state. You know, they probably will be the top-ranked team when the uh, media poll was released on Tuesday. You know, I'm really interested to see how the McCormick, Marks sisters, uh, Jalen and, and Jordan, will perform against a, a really tough Kamei team. You know, Kamei is really good defensively. Um, you know, Lapway's got, you know, they got a strong, you know, Deep core with Warren Gould also being there. So I feel like that they're going to be, 
it's, that's going to be another really good game. And, you know, we'll, we'll just kind of see where, where things kind of shake out there. You know, the uh, White Pine League on the girls' side is a little bit lopsided right now just because, you know, Lapway hasn't played as many games as some of the other teams, you know, i.e. Kamiai, you know, who's already basically been through half the league already. So, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see where, where things happen, you know. Um, that That's pretty much all I have. Mostly for the girls, you know, Clarkston um, lost a heart. You know, they were the tenth ranked team in the state in Class Two A. Lost a heartbreaker uh, on Saturday to uh, North Central. I want to say that was forty eight to forty three. You know, they were without uh, leading scorer Kendall Wallace, who I believe was in concussion protocol. Um, you know, I, they had a twenty. They had a twenty to fifteen lead at halftime, but. North Central kind of pulled away in the fourth quarter. Uh, Samara Poaki had the best game of uh, of the season uh, with 18 points and four steals. Ella Leverett uh, had six points, nine rebounds for uh, Clarkson. So, you know, they're starting to learn how to play without, you know, without their leading score. Uh, maybe she'll be back this week when they, when, when they uh, get back in the – when they start league action. Uh, we'll see, but – you know, Clarkston uh, probably will not be in the top ten when the uh, Washington State poll is released on uh, on Wednesday, but we'll see what happens. Uh, one other uh, one other note of uh, Washington uh, girls basketball: uh, Colfax's girls are uh, are undefeated still. They're thirteen and zero overall, seven and zero in the league after they uh, earned a. a Class 2B by County League win against uh, Northwest Christian on Saturday, uh, 58 to 38. Bryn McGaughy, the sophomore, just continues to shine for them. Uh, 18 points and 14 rebounds against uh, against Northwest Christian. Uh, Jaisha Gibb, 12 points, eight steals. You know, they're really deep as well. Haley Demler, Lauren York, each scored nine points. Um, I found the uh, 2B pool really interesting this past week because. Despite the fact that Colfax didn't hasn't lost yet, and they were number one the week before, the voters in Washington decided to drop them down two spots to number three. Now it was very close; they received a couple of first place votes, and they were only out of first place by two points. So the margin between the first, the top ranked team and the third ranked team in uh, 2B was only separated by two points. So. We'll see if Colfax can get back up to that top spot this week. <laughs> Good chance that they might. But, you know, polls are conducted by human beings and, you know, not by computers or, or anything else. So don't I, I can't project what's in the mind of some, some, some voters, but, you know, we'll go from there. If it was me, I'd be voting them number one in Class 2B. No question about it. But anyway, moving right along, we're going to – Move along to wrestling here, but, uh, you know, this broadcast is uh, brought to you by England360 and England360.com. You know, if you want to go and find, you know, what's going on in the community right now, you know, what's going on in the arts and entertainment scene in the area, all you have to do is go to England360.com. It's where you go, or maybe maybe it's where Robert Storm goes for what he does. You know, England, England360.com. Maybe it's where Ivan Acosta goes, too. Um, <laughs> so let's get in a little bit of wrestling action, you know. Um, 
Liston this year decided to forego going to the Raleigh Lane Invitational, uh, where, you know, they've had some success at, you know, they've had some kids do well. And new coach, uh, Colton Addy decided to uh, take them over to uh, the uh, Showwear uh, Center in Kent for the Gut Check uh, Classic. Uh, the Gut Check Tournament, which is, it brings in a, you know, vast array of, of talent from all over the Northwest region, all over Washington, all over Idaho, Oregon, you know, a bunch of the best from, from, from the region come together for two days in Kent. And I got to tell you, Robert Storm <coughs> probably, you know, I, I, he's a senior. He probably wishes he could go, he could have went to gut check the other three years because he absolutely dominated the competition. He went 5-0, and pinned three of his opponents, and won, won, the, won at heavyweight. He's 14-1 he's so far this year, and he looks like he's on that upward trajectory heading toward another showdown in the state, in the state tournament. He finished 30 years ago. He lost in the semifinal round. You got to believe this gives him the mentality and the momentum to 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 get back to Nampa with with a chip on his shoulder, and hopefully for him, you know, he can finally finally get up up to the top of the podium. And you can kind of tell, you know, by seeing some of the pictures that his mom and that Colton had posted on the Lewiston Wrestling Facebook page that he was just excited about the fact that he had won, you know, uh, over a gut check. I mean, that's just, that is a feather in that kid's cap. No question about it. You know, Ivan Acosta, you know, he continues to be just, just consistent. You know, he won 145 pounds. He went 5-0. and It's his third title this year so far. He's 20-2. and He's looking to get back to the state tournament and, and, you know, overcome his loss in the championship match from a year ago. He finished second. You know, he's 20 and two, like I said. He's also on an upward trajectory. I really feel like that's a kid you need to watch when it, when, when you go, when you go to the uh, Washington State tournament this year. He's going to do some big things. I have a feeling. <clears throat> now, transferring over to the girls, the girls really had, really shined at Raleigh Lane this year. <clears throat> Once again, the defending state champion at 113 pounds, uh, Moscow Skyla Zimmerman, she continued to have an awesome week. She won for the third time at Raleigh Lane this year, this week. Wrestling at 120 this time, she went 5-0. She won four times by pin. It was her second, it's the second consecutive year that she's won at Raleigh Lane. And, you know, that's piggybacking off of her you know, signing ceremony that she had Wednesday at Moscow where she signed to uh, compete starting next year for Southern Oregon. Southern Oregon right now is the top-ranked wrestling, uh, women's wrestling program in the NAIA, according to the coaches' poll. Um, you know, they, they're they only in their eighth season, I want to say, and, and this girl right here is going to continue to get – you know, to get the Raiders on that upward trajectory when, you know, they, they, uh, they get her in, in, in you know, in 2024. 20, uh, 
She's just outstanding. You know, I, I believe she's got like 40 or 50 career wins. You know, just a wonderful, wonderful story. And another wonderful story coming out of the um, girls' tournament at Raleigh Lane is Cadence Beck. You know, the Greenville senior went 6-0 and to take the 114-pound title. It was her fourth title in five tournaments that she's wrestled in this season. You know, she, she, she got five pins, you know, at the event to win for the first time. Uh, among her titles that she's won this year was the Andrew Beck Memorial, <clears throat> which was named, you know, the tournament named for her dad, who tragically passed away earlier this year. You know, Cadence Beck is, I, I gotta believe she's wrestling for Andrew right now. Because she, she is just, she's dominating opponents. She's just dominating kids. I mean, that's a girl I do not want to face come state, you know, come district and state wrestling time. She's going to be a dangerous, dangerous person to deal with. Um, taking a look at some of the other wrestling action from over the weekend. Um, Buddy Thiver, The Verge, and uh, Cotton Sears. <clears throat> Each won uh, individual titles at uh, the Blackhawk Invitational at Cheney High School, which ran really late on Saturday night. You know, they were having some issues, some technical issues and whatever, but we were able to get that stuff into the paper. Thiverge won at 138 pounds, you know, winning, you know, winning all four of his matches. Uh, relatively easy, I think, in fact. And Cotton Sears, you know, at 285 uh, for Pullman, pinned all four of his opponents to win the title. Um, you know, Clarkson uh, placed 14th, and, and and Pullman, you know, didn't have a full lineup, you know, because they sent like three or four of their big kids over to gut check. You know, they still placed 17th, you know, um, there. Uh, they had a couple of other kids, you know, Samuel Sears placed second, Quentin Icecooty, um, Icecooty, I'm going to butcher his name, so I don't want to, I don't want to do that to the poor kid. Not his fault. That's mine. You know, English is hard sometimes. Uh, you know, he plays, uh, he plays fourth. Uh, you know, Clarkson also had a, a couple other places. Dawson Bailey, who's had a really good season at 126. He took second. You know, Gabe Weza in the same weight class took fifth. Uh, Clayton Ockwell at 120 uh, went three and two, he, and he wound up in fifth. So, you know, Clarkson, Clarkson's wrestling program, you know, um, Marcus Crossler, the coach at Pullman, said that, um, you know, they're a program that's really on, a, on the rise and one to look out for. And, and I think he's right, you know. They've got some good kids. They're building a nice little program over there. You know, will they challenge Pullman? Probably not. You know, Pullman's the uh, defending Class 2A Greater Spokane League champion. Um you know, we'll see what happens. I, I don't think, you know, they have the horses to kind of keep up. You know, they have to kind of take forfeits in a couple of spots. But, you know, that's going to be a program that's going to be on the rise in the next few years. And then to round out our wrestling roundup this week, uh, Clearwater Valley, you know, um, they uh, had a couple of kids uh, win titles as they placed second of 18 teams at the Cogger Eschler tournament over in Joseph, Oregon. Um, one kid I was not surprised about who won was Bass Myers. He continues to be one of the dominant forces on that team. You know, a team that's got the Fabby brothers and Keon Bowler. Um, you know, Bass Myers, 
4-0, earned pins in three of his four matches to take the title. The one that really stood out to me, though, was 132-pounder Parker Olsen. Kid that we, we haven't heard a whole lot about so far this year. Pinned all four of his opponents to win the 132-pound title. And good for him, you know. I mean, again, you know, not somebody that, you know, we've really heard a whole lot about, you know. They've got Keon Bowler, who was a Prep Athlete of the Week honor, you know, uh, nomination a couple weeks back. They got the two Fabbies, Anthony Fabby at 145. He took second over there. Uh, Jake Fabby, he took second at 152. Bowler took second at 138. You know, but they piled up enough points to kind of get close to winning the title. And a little short, but, you know, just continues to show that this program is continuing to to do well under the leadership of Vincent Martinez. So, you know, we'll see what happens. I mean, wrestling, we're starting to come into that time of year where, you know, Clearwater Classic's coming up in a couple of weeks. You know, we're getting down to that point where, you know, it's 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 put up or shut up time. So I know Trevin can't wait to probably get back in here and talk wrestling. Um, you know, I can't wait to talk wrestling with him. So, you know, hopefully next week we'll have him back. And uh, one more time, this podcast is brought to you by Inland360 and Inland360.com, where you can find a complete calendar of regional events and a wide array, and I mean a huge array of coverage of the uh, region's arts and entertainment scene at nln360.com. It's probably where Kyle Smith goes after he drinks a Modelo for what he does. nln360.com And speaking of Washington State, oh my, did they pull off the biggest upset probably in their 122 years of being a program on Saturday. They blasted number five Arizona. They in it was the first. It's the first time they've ever earned a road victory in the 122 years of playing basketball against a top five opponent on the road. They just absolutely dominated them throughout the game. It's the first time since March 7th of 1983 when they beat number four UCLA that the Cougars had actually knocked off a top five opponent. They did that in Pullman. And it wasn't even close. I mean, sophomore center Muhammad Gay had 24 points and 14 rebounds. <coughs> Three others had 11 or more points. And the Cougars were 12 of 28 from outside. I mean, that's what they do best, is they shoot the ball from deep. And, and when they're on, look out, folks. I mean, these guys can can light it up with the best of them. <coughs> with the victory, I mean, you know, they had an 18-point lead in the second half. I mean, there was nothing that Arizona could do. In fact, the fans started filing out, and 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 Kyle had remarked about the fact that he, he you know, he just he couldn't believe couldn't believe that they were you know filing out that quickly. You know, when you quiet the crowd, you know, it's just you, you're kind of going possession by possession. He said he 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 was like he, he just wanted to make sure that his kid focused, you know, with that short amount of time left because you you just never know, but. I mean, what a great win for them. I mean, you know, they've been struggling a little bit um, in Pac-12 play. Um, you know, they had only won once in five games coming in, but what a great victory for them. You know, it's well-deserved. You know, they've kind of been through their ups and downs this season. So, 
That was great for them. And then Idaho. <coughs> wow. Isaac Jones. That is a man among boys. That's all I got to tell you. He continued to play like a man possessed, um, you know, on Thursday night when they uh, – Idaho should have won this game. I mean, well, I don't know if they should have won the game against Sacramento State. They lost 85-83 in overtime. But, man, let me tell you, the junior put up 42 points, which is the third most in program history. And it's the most since Steve Madison scored 42 against uh, Utah Valley in 2014. But not only did he score, but he facilitated. In every facet of the game, he filled the stat sheet. Had 12 rebounds, 4 assists, 4 blocks, 3 steals, and just couldn't, I mean, could not be stopped. He's fifth in the nation, he's still, he's still fifth in the nation in, in field goal percentage at 70, 70.62%. Along with De- Devontae Moffitt, they're helping this Idaho team, which had won, you know, one game a couple years ago. They won six games last year. Six, no, I believe they won nine games last year. You know, they won six so far this year. They're six and eleven overall and 0 and four in the league after they lost to Portland State on Saturday, 74 to 58. They're really you can see the progression that Zach Claus, the coach of uh Idaho, is making in their fourth you know, the fourth season. They're not quite there yet, but they're they're right on the cusp. I would take a venture to say they're going to win at least double digit games this year. They may stun a couple of the top, you know, the t- top tier teams in the Big Sky. I mean, I, I really feel like things are looking up for um, for Idaho's men. You know, can they get back to where they were? You know, under Don Verlin, you know, before before he was unceremoniously fired. I don't know. We'll see. But I feel like Zach's got them going in the right direction, and that's all you kind of need at this point. You know, just positive momentum, working, you know, working through everything, you know, and, and to hear Zach talk, you know, it's like he's disappointed every time they get close and they just, it's one thing here or one thing there, you know, and you like to see that out of a coach, you know, that he's not just satisfied with moral victories, you know, that's kind of what we were talking about a little bit with the Idaho football team earlier this year, you know, we're getting to the point now that, you know, the Idaho men's basketball team, you know, a couple more wins here and there, and you just don't want to accept moral victories anymore. And that's that's really a good thing, I feel like. You know, so Idaho, they, um, they only play once this week, but it's a big game. They're playing the rival Eastern Washington next Saturday at 3.30 over in Cheney, just like the women are doing. And... We'll see. I mean, the women are two and two, but they had a really rough go of it this past weekend. You know, only you know losing both games um, at Sac State and at Portland State. You know, the the women will get there though. I I feel like um, just like the men. You know, they're the the women. They've had a t- little bit of a tougher start to the season, but that's like what John Newley likes to do. He likes to send them out on the road. He likes to build character. He likes to build toughness. And, you know, I'm sure he's really disappointed by what happened this past weekend. But, you know, plenty of seasons still remaining to go. 
They got plenty of time to kind of right themselves. They made a they made a little run at the end last year. Got to the big uh, Big Sky semifinal round before losing. You know, I would not count your chickens before they're hatched as far as the Idaho uh, women's basketball team goes. And I'm going to wrap up this week with uh, Lewis, uh, Lewis Clark State's basketball teams. The women, um, they won 14 in a row. You know, they head into they head into this week, you know, still with a lot of momentum. Uh, you know, they're 14-1 overall, 9-0 in the Cascade Conference, still sit atop the league after um, beating Warner Pacific and Multnomah uh, Friday and Saturday. But they struggled a little bit. They struggled more so against Warner Pacific than, than they did against Multnomah. Um, Friday night, Ellie Sander, you know, continued her role, you know, kind of stepping up into a scoring, you know, being, being more of a scorer. She scored 20 points um, as, as the Warriors eventually eventually pulled away from Warner Pacific, 72-50. to 50. Um, Junior Callie Stevens, had been struggling, you know, scoring the ball a little bit, but she finally bounced back <coughs> after a few games, you know, after a few games where she struggled. She scored 17 points on Saturday and a 69-46 victory against Volnoma. Um, you know, they're 10th-ranked team in the uh, NAIA right now. There's a good possibility they could move, they could rise a couple of spots when the polls released on Sunday. Uh, you know, this weekend they've got two games at home. They play Oregon Tech on Friday at 5 o'clock, and then Southern Oregon will come in, and they're currently 12-3 and overall and 8-1, and tied for second place in the conference with Eastern Oregon. Um, you know, that's a huge game come Saturday at 4 o'clock. You know, um, we'll be there covering it, and hopefully, you know, the fans will turn out and show up, and, you know, maybe, maybe LC can get two more big wins, and Kind of continue on this role, you know, looking like that, you know, there's a good possibility, you know, as long as they keep taking care of business, they will, they will host the tournament, you know, uh, in, in March. And, you know, we'll, uh, hopefully things will kind of get, you know, keep going for them. The men, you know, they've still been struggling a little bit. You know, they lost yesterday to Multnomah. Um, I can't remember the score right off the top of my head, so just give me a second. Uh, turnovers. Turnovers are huge. They had 13 of them, including two in the final 55 seconds since they had a shot to win against Multnomah, but they fell 71 to 66. You know, they've, um, they've lost four straight games. They're two and six in true road contests this year. Um, they were without their uh, leading scorer, Davian Brown. Don't know what he was out for, but, um, you know, freshman guard John Cole, uh, John Lustig, the former Colfax standout, had 17 points, 10 rebounds to uh, lead LC yesterday. Um, but they had a chance to win this game, turned it over twice in the last 55 seconds. That had to be heartbreaking for, um, you know, Austin Johnson, who had even said, you know, this is so, you know, a similar story where they had battled for, you know, a good period of time, but you know, just didn't have the energy. Maybe not the energy, but the, you know, just the 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 ability to you know finish possessions at the end. So, you know, hopefully they can kind of bounce back and get going again. You know, they'll play Oregon Tech on Friday and and um, Southern Oregon on Saturday. And one more LC note: the um, baseball team released its schedule this week. Uh, actually, they released it on uh, 
Thursday didn't get didn't get to get it in the paper until Friday because I mean until Saturday's paper because we you know we're pretty tight on uh for Friday's papers but one thing that really stood out to me right off the bat that these guys are going to Florida and they're playing top tier talent right off the bat so they opened the season at the East West Challenge in Lake Myrtle, Florida, for four of their five games. Right off the bat on February 2nd, they get number four LSU Shreveport, who was in the Vista NAIA World Series a year ago. Um, the next day on, on the 3rd of February, they'll take on number eight St. Thomas, but that's just a, that's just an appetizer. Because at 1 o'clock later that day, they have to travel to Lakeland to take on defending national champion Southeastern. And that's going to be one heck of a matchup. You know, the two teams played last year three times in the World Series where Southeastern won the first game. And, you know, facing elimination in the championship round, LC bounced back, earned the victory, Forced the winner-take-all championship game that wound up being delayed. Um, Southeastern had just taken a 6-5 to lead in the winner-take-all game in the seventh inning when rain came. Forced a 15-hour forced a delay. And you were kind of hoping, if you're a Warriors fan, to, that they would you know, kind of regroup, gather themselves, and come back. Well, Southeastern wound up scoring five, five more runs in the seventh inning. For a total of six, wound up winning eleven to five, and you know Jake Taylor and the boys want to go down there on on Southeastern's home field and kind of get a slight bit of revenge on them. So, you know, but right off the bat, you know they're playing four top rank, four top twenty-five teams in the four games on the Florida trip, and then you know after they play, um, I want to say Warner on February the seventh. They take 10 days off, come back. Home ser- First home series uh, takes place February 17th. And it's a big one. It's a non-conference series, but it's a big one against the University of British Columbia. Their league mate in the Cascade Conference. They played nine times last year. LC won eight of those games. But the games in the Cascade Conference tournament and the opening round, most all of them were classics. You know, instant classics. You know, were you know, it just they were fighting, scratching, clawing. You know, and you get to a certain point where you know you just you know each other's strengths, <coughs> excuse me, and and tendencies. And Elsie just had the better of them last year, so you know their first nine games are gonna tell. Elsie's first nine games is gonna tell a lot about where the twenty twenty three season is gonna go. So with that, folks, I'm going to do one more read here. You know, this podcast is brought to you by Inland360 and Inland360.com. You can find a complete calendar of regional events and a wide array, and I mean huge array of compelling coverage of the region's arts and entertainment scene at Inland360.com. It's where Trevin Pixley goes for what he does since he's laid up right now. Inland360.com. Just like I said, I want to give a shout out to my boy Trevin Pixley, who's kind of laid up right now. You know, um, he's he's on the mend. Uh, you know, he's got a couple of bruised ribs, but you know, 
I expect that my partner in crime will be back in action. I'm hoping, hoping next week on, on the podcast. So with that, um, you can find me at Waldo9939 on Twitter. And you can find the uh, Tribune at Trib underscore sports. And hopefully you guys have a great rest of your night, rest of your week. And we'll see you here next week. Until then, so long, folks.